Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Welcome back to hour number two of today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this Thursday morning. And it is uh, what June the twenty third, two thousand and twenty two. We're just cruising right along here through the uh, through the year of uh, twenty twenty two. And whether you're listening here on the AM side at fourteen ninety, on the FM side at one hundred four point nine, or if you're listening via the live stream, which can be found on ESPNTucson.com, I appreciate you tuning in here as we are Tucson's only live and local morning sports talk show. And uh, appreciate you tuning in here to get your uh, information. I know that you have a choice of where you get your sports entertainment and opinions and news and such, and I appreciate you choosing the Jeff Dean Show. You can also download the podcast every single day. Mary uploads that uh, every single day for us. It's usually up there It's usually up, up there before I even put the headset down. And uh, you can go find that. The links are on ESPNTucson.com, or you can download it wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, TuneIn, Stitcher, all those all those different places. You can find the Jeff Dean Show there and listen at your leisure. And, uh, you know, pick and choose the things you want to listen to and skip right on through the uh, commercials and all that kind of stuff. Here in hour number two, uh, you know, in hour number one I discussed it, you know, mostly NBA mock draft where I think the, the Wildcats will be taken. We'll have plenty of discussion on that tomorrow and a lot of NBA draft talk tomorrow as well. Um, but I'm going to shift because – Shohei Otani did something the last couple of days, which it's just like this guy just continues to do stuff, and you're like, what? What a he's the unicorn, right? Like that's that's what he is. He's the unicorn. So Shohei Otani, if you if you didn't know, if you weren't aware, two nights ago he had a career high eight RBI game, two home runs, including a grand slam, had eight RBIs in the game. Last night, he had a career-high 13 strikeouts in a game for the Angels as well. So on back-to-back nights, he had two big, like, milestone games for, for, you know, for players in Major League Baseball. This from, I can't even, uh, Paul Hembikides on Twitter posted this, and it it was retweeted. That's why I was able to see it. These are a list of players who have never had an eight RBI game, and I'm not going to go through the entire list. That would be too long. This is a, a, a four-player list of great Major League Baseball hitters and players who have never had an eight RBI game. Their names are Babe Ruth, Hank Aaron, Barry Bonds, and Albert Pujols. Four of the greatest hitters in the history of the game of baseball have never had an 8-RBI game in their careers. Here is a list of, of pitchers who have never had a 13-strikeout game. Now, some guys obviously not known for striking a lot of players out, but nonetheless, it is a, a, a you know incredible weapon for a pitcher. Here are four guys who never had 13-strikeout game in their careers. Lefty Grove, who was, I mean, first ballot Hall of Famer when he got in, one of the most unique pitchers uh, that that Major League Baseball has seen. Catfish Hunter, remarkable player, Hall of Famer, obviously. Jack Morris, one of the baddest dudes on the planet for about 13 years on the mound in Detroit. 
and Tom Glavin, who was a phenomenal strikeout pitcher. See, I swear to God, Tom. I, I, every time he pitched, he got ten strikeouts. Every time I was like, "Did Tom Glavin get ten strikeouts?" He sure did. Okay, never had a thirteen strikeout game. Those four guys, Otani did both in consecutive days. So it got me thinking. Like, if I were if I were playing ultimate fantasy sports, who would I start my franchises with? Like, if I were owner, GM coach, you know, head coach, manager, whatever you want to call it. Who would I start my franchise with? And I started with baseball. And I, I've had this discussion before. I've talked with people about it. I don't think I've ever talked about it on the show before. But I've talked with other people about it. And there are plenty of great names out there in Major League Baseball. I mean, there are you know, a, a litany of guys that are un- under the age of 25. Because, you know, they always do that, you know, you've got to be under the age of 25 and this and that. I, sure. Yeah, okay, that's that's fine. You've got, you know, Acuna, you've got Vlad. Um, you, I mean, and, and look, talent continues to come in. Soto, uh, Wander Franco, um, you know, there are tons of guys. Tatis, if you want to, you know, go there, you go to the outfield. Like I said, uh, Juan Soto, who's remarkable. Um, Dylan Carlson, the kid from the Cardinals, he's he's fantastic. Uh, is Tim Anderson? Uh, Tim Anderson, there's no way he's under 25. No, there's no way. He's got to be definitely older than that. Anyway, regardless, do you go with a pitcher? Do you go with a position player? Hey, why not both? <laughs> I mean, like, seriously, why not just go with Shohei Otani? And, like, it, it, you know, uh, you, you think, like, oh, okay, well, eventually he's going to have to to come to a, a you know a situation where he's only going to play one position and i know he's over the age of 25 i don't care okay it what is he 26 he's a year older i'm going to cheat <laughs> i will i will forge a document that changes his his birth he's 27 oh okay well maybe that changes things a little bit here <laughs> i I just assumed he was like right there at twenty five, twenty six, but he is—he's about to turn twenty eight. Actually, he was born in ninety four. Why did it take him so long to get in the league? Somebody answer me that. Seriously, he's going to be twenty eight years old. Oh my goodness. Okay, well that changes things now. See, because I can't—I can't fudge it that far. Like, I can't fudge the three years, regardless of how amazing he is. I can't. Uh, I I just can't. Uh, I can't push it that far. All right. I mm, man, there's a lot of good players out there. Got a lot of guys that just jump off the bait. Wander Franco to me is that guy is sick. Like in it, he's 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 like twenty. He's super young. Is uh, uh, Wander Franco? I might go with him. Him or or Soto. Juan Soto to me is is just he's got that plate discipline and stuff. Of course, there's Dylan Carlson. He's a switch hitter, right? Dylan Carlson is. Man, see that's tough. I'm gonna have to circle back around to baseball now. See, I now I just screwed everything up here. This is what happens when you don't do the little infinitesimal things, uh, like such as like look at an age of a player when you're trying to pick somebody under the age of 25. <laughs> I assumed I did the wrong thing. I did, you know the. The, the ultimate, uh, you know, assuming makes a you-know-what out of you and me. Assuming that Shohei Otani was younger 
than he is. Why did I, I? Maybe it's like the like the Japanese thing. Like he, it took him t- too long to be noticed over there. Or something. I, I, you think we'd have figured this out by now? We've had some pretty good players from Japan playing Major League Baseball. Maybe there's uh, you know some guys kicking around, some 19 year olds kicking around over there that uh, that can actually play. Pretty good guys. All right, now I got now I got to circle back because <laughs> now there's like nine guys that I could choose from. I think, mm, I think I might go with Dylan Carlson. He's a switch hitter. He's not a great defender though. Mm. All right, I'll I'll come back. I'll come back. Let's go with the easy one. Let's go to the NHL. If I were an owner, GM, coach in the NHL, and I was starting a franchise, the NHL says, Jeff. We're giving you we're gonna we're gonna do a reset on the Arizona Coyotes. You've got a new stadium, you know, a new, a new rink to play in, and you can you know, we're gonna allow you to just completely wipe the slate clean and you're gonna get to start with any player in the NHL you want. I'll go before they say any player you before they even finish that sentence. I will say, I will take Austin Matthews, please, of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Thank you very much. Thank you kindly. I'll just go now win a uh, Stanley Cup with, with, with him, and, and I'll build a team around him. I'll bring him home to Arizona, where he's from, right? It's a perfect fit for him to be here in Arizona. He may, he may not like playing for the Coyotes. He may not like playing for me because a lot of players in history have not liked playing in this organization, but there's certain reasons for that. Austin Matthews would be different. He is different. Like, that kid is just different. 24 years old. He led the NHL in scoring this year, and it just seems like he was. Well, you watch that series against Tampa earlier in, in the in the Stanley Cup play because you know Toronto got knocked out in the first round by the champs. Austin Matthews is the only player on the ice doing anything. Like he was, he was fantastic in that series. Nobody else did a damn thing. And they, and and Tampa was circling. They were bracketing him. They were double teaming him. They were beating him up. They did everything they could to keep him off the puck, and it didn't matter. He was still a force. Uh, he is the easiest, the far and away easiest pick in this particular exercise. And one of his teammates is a good player too, Mitch Marner, good player on the Leafs as well. Uh, Cole Mecker of the of the Avs going to win himself a Stanley Cup, uh, you know, early on. And I love Sebastian Ajo of the of the Carolina Hurricanes. I think he's a remarkable player as well. He's got a his his slap shot is absolutely insane, uh, but if I if I'm I mean look this is this is just the easiest one there is on the list. It's Austin Matthews, 24 years old. He's already a multiple award winning uh, forward in the NHL. Led the NHL in scoring this year. He's he's the easiest of the bunch. And then it gets tougher. Like see, I thought it was easy. I was like, okay, Major League Baseball's got to be Shohei, but now I find out he's going to be 28 in like two weeks. July 5th, it's his birthday. Oops. So then you start thinking, okay, let's let's move to the NFL because you figure like, okay, which quarterbacks are under the age of twenty five? Which which guys you know which which quarterback are you going to pick under the age of twenty five? Well, fact of the matter is, not a whole lot, you know, because of the the requirements in the NFL, you have to be three years removed from you know graduating high school to be able to be eligible for the NFL draft. And a lot of these guys, you know, especially the, the quarterback position, they're 21, 22 years old before they even get into the league. And they don't always have great stardom in their rookie seasons. So it's difficult to tell. Now, 
a lot of people would immediately point to Justin Herbert, who's, what is he, 24 years old, I think Justin Herbert is, 24, 23, 24 years old. Uh, you know, obviously done great things with the Chargers so far, except hasn't gone to the playoffs yet. Haven't been able to figure that one out. Okay. What about uh, Trevor Lawrence, Sunshine, down there in Jacksonville? Well, he had one season in the league, and pretty much everyone is going to just wipe that season off of uh, – it should be stricken from the record because he was with that train wreck, Urban Meyer, for half the season. I personally think – and, and I'll probably, this is probably a topic that I'll have tomorrow – is – or maybe I'll get into it today. I mean, who knows? Keep talking here. We'll talk myself into it. Uh, as far as like players who are going to have absolute breakout seasons this year in the NFL. For me, Trevor Lawrence is absolutely on that list because I think now that they've got stability, they've got a genius in Doug Peterson there, they've gotten, they, they went out and spent money, certainly in the offseason. They spent a ton of money in the offseason on getting him protection and weapons to throw the football to. I think Jacksonville could surprise some teams this year if, if, and I do think, he will, but this is an if because we haven't seen a whole lot. If Trevor Lawrence can ascend to the levels that we think that he's capable of, what is he, 22? He's pretty young. So Trevor Lawrence is certainly on the list. Now, if I'm fudging it, okay, because this guy just turned 25 a, a few months ago, if I'm fudging it, Joe Burrow is my pick. Like if I can just say like, hey, we're going to just kind of consider this, uh, you know, Part of the – he's 25 and under is how we word it, right? You can you can word it that way, 25 and under. Because that, that would still exclude guys like Josh Allen and, you know, stuff like that. I would take Joe Burrow. That would be that would be my obvious pick for the guy that I would start my franchise around. But if I have to go under 25, if I'm absolutely forced to, here's the guy that I go with. And this may surprise you, but you know me. And I love my offensive linemen, and I would pick Tristan Wirfs to start my to start my franchise around. Tristan Wirfs in two years in the in the NFL with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won a championship. Obviously, we know that won a championship with the Bucks. He was the number thirteen overall selection in the first round uh, by Tampa. Has not only positioned himself into the starting role there at tackle and been the best offensive lineman on what a lot of people consider to be the best offensive line in the league the last two seasons. He's one of the best offensive linemen in the entire league, regardless of position. He was third in snaps played last year of all offensive linemen. Third. 1,182 snaps he played, so he's dependable, right? He committed three penalties last year. Three. Two holding penalties and an offside, or a, a false start. Two holdings and a false start. Three penalties from an offensive tackle in an offense that throws the football 42 times a game. Three. By the way, that was best of any offensive lineman who started 16 games or more last year. And last year, he allowed a grand total of two sacks. He is... The, one of the three best players on the offensive line in the NFL, and he's 24 years old, 23 years old, 23 years old, he's 23. So, yeah, I will gladly take Tristan Wirfs as my piece to start my team around 
because, as you know, uh, if you can't protect your quarterback and if you're going backwards, your offense is going to have troubles. Even, even if you're Joe Burrow and winning a playoff game being sacked nine times, that's just how great Joe Burrow is. And, that, again, I, if, if this were a 25-and-under test, Joe Burrow would be the obvious number one pick for me. I wouldn't even think twice about it. Wouldn't, there would be no, no discussion about who the pick would be. But if we're going under 25, it's Tristan Wirfs. I just I watch him play, and that dude is perfect. Like he he's he I mean he is he is perfect in every way. When I watch him play, there is nobody with better handwork, nobody with better footwork than Tristan Wirfs in the league right now at that position. He can play both right and left tackle positions, and he can switch in the in the middle of a series if he needs to. He's that good. He's that technically sound. He's got great athleticism. He's strong. He's smart. He's disciplined. uh, Yeah. I mean, really, I mean, the the only knock on him is he's not the best run blocker in the league, but he's top five, and he's probably the first or second best pass blocker in the league. So, yeah, give me Tristan Wirfs, 23 years old. I'm starting my franchise with him. I'll figure the rest out later. I'll, I know it's only one piece of a piece of five on the offensive line. I get it, and I'm getting into trouble just picking one offensive lineman instead of getting a uh, you know a quarterback to you know solidify that. But I, like I said, I'll figure it all out later. Give me the most solid offensive lineman in the league. I'll take it at 23 years old. That's that's who I'm picking. Now the other the other two now the the the, the baseball one has become more difficult now that I found that you know, Tony's 27 years old, about to be 28 years old. So now I got to figure out what Major League Baseball player I'm going to go with because I was going to reserve this moment for NBA because the litany of choices in the NBA under the age of 25 is remarkable. There are, I mean, the amount of players available to you in that selection process is insane. It's just a personal preference of what you like. Do you want size? Do you want. Uh, a triple-double machine? Do you want a guy who can slash and score from any angle? Do you want a guy who can defend? You know, what, you know, what, type, of, what type of player do you want? Do you need a ball handler? Do you need a, you know, do you need a, a center? Do you need you know, a stretch forward, a stretch forward, whatever? That's where things get tough, and it's about personal preference. So we'll take a timeout. I'll think about it. I have to think about baseball really now. <laughs> I'll come back with my next two players that I would start a franchise with under the age of 25 next on The Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back. Jeff Dean Show here. Talking about the players, best players under the age of 25 in each of the leagues, and specifically the one player that I would start my franchise with if I were given owner, GM, and coach responsibilities, just the, the, the ultimate fantasy, right, of, of which guy you would choose. Tristan Wirfs is my pick in the NFL. Austin Matthews is my pick in the NHL. Baseball was Shohei Otani until I found out that he was old, <laughs> 28 years old in, a, in two weeks. I'm going to go with Juan Soto. And, and like I, I, I thought about it, you know, during the break, and I just, I kind of watching him play. 
He does so many things well. And one of the things that I want to look out look at was his uh, strikeout ratio uh, during the break there. In 2021, in the, the, the 2021 season, he had a Major League Baseball leading 145 walks and only struck out 93 times and still yet managed to hit 29 home runs and 95 RBIs, even with teams just saying, we're, we're not pitching to you. Like, too many intentional walks. He was the runner-up in National League MVP. He slashed 348, 525, 639 after the All-Star break last year. Like, yeah, 23 years old, I'll take Juan Soto. He, he obviously, defensively, he's very, very good as well. We all know that. Uh, I just wanted to kind of take a look at his um, at his his strikeout ratio because I knew that he walked a lot. I just didn't know what his strikeout uh, ratio was. It, it, it's insane. Like, it's... <laughs> It's it's like Barry Bonds territory in regards to his strikeout to walk ratio. So, yeah, I'll take Juan Soto. Uh, I, there are a lot of players to like, you know. Obviously, with Vlad and and how just incredible he is, and uh, Fernando Tatis, Ronald Acuna, as good as he is, you know, Bo Bichette in, in in Toronto is fantastic. Austin Riley has started to to really impress people. You know, as I mentioned, I love Wander Franco. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of guys and I, I do love Dylan Carlson, switch hitter, 23 years old, like love that dude. Uh, but it, Juan Soto's the pick for me. I, 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 I just couldn't, I, I couldn't live with myself if I didn't pick Juan Soto. And then he ended up being, you know, a lifetime, you know, 303 hitter with ended up with, you know, 480 plus home runs and, you know, just a ridiculous amount. And he, the, the fact that he's. A, a, you know, a good contact hitter and a really disciplined, uh, you know, uh, plate hitter. Guy at the plate as far as picking his pitches and, and, you know, waiting for, you know, the right time and really is a disciplined kind of guy at the plate. Uh, you, you just I, – I would I would hate myself if I went anywhere else. And, there, look, there's some good pitchers available too, right? Like there's there's plenty of good pitchers under the age of 24. I love Camilo Duvall of the San Francisco Giants. Got to see him two years ago in spring – and watched him in spring this year, was really good, and is just throwing whips out there. And I mean nasty, nasty stuff out of Camilo Doval uh, for the Giants so far this year. You know, there's there's a lot of other good pitchers out there as well. Shane Baz of the Rays is fantastic. Um, who's the the other kid for the, the Rays? The other, the other Shane. There's the two Shanes, right? There's Baz and uh, McClanahan. He's the other one. Really good pitcher. Casey Mize of the of the Tigers is really, really good. Uh, the Guardians have got a couple of, of good players. The, the kid in Toronto, Manoa, he's fantastic. Um, so, look, baseball's in good hands. Let's do this. This is interesting. You know, people talk about, oh, you know, Major League Baseball, nobody's watching anymore. And, yes, Major League Baseball has suffered television revenues and things like that in the last decade or so. But... I thought this was interesting. I saw this. Um, I saw this like a week ago. I want to say, Game Six of the World Series last year's World Series drew more views and and, and had higher ratings, had higher household ratings than Game Six of the NBA Finals this year. And, and, and again, I'm not totally surprised because the NBA playoffs were a farce this year. I mean, they were terrible. It was to the point. And I've said on this show. There were the, the NBA playoffs at, at, at a point this year became unwatchable, especially in comparison to how good the Stanley Cup playoffs were. And to be honest, the Stanley Cup playoffs this year weren't even 
that great in comparison to previous seasons. Last year's Stanley Cup playoffs were insane. This year's was good and, and, and certainly worlds better than the NBA playoffs, which were, like I said, unwatchable. But I thought it was interesting that Major League Baseball, Game 6 of the World Series, did draw more views. I think it was like 14.2 million views in comparison to 13.7, so half a million more views in uh, the World Series Game 6 than the NBA Finals Game 6, which I, I find very interesting. Major League Baseball in good hands with a lot of y'all young players. However, you know, with the amount of teams and the size of the rosters and stuff, it's tough to get to know these guys. Whereas in the NBA, you know, most teams play eight, nine players, and you get to know these guys because they spend a lot of time on the court and certainly a lot of flashy plays. There's a lot of scoring involved, and that's the name of the game. So NBA gets a little more pub, and I think fans kind of gravitate towards individual players and able to recognize a good player in, in the NBA as opposed to in Major League Baseball. But who are the best players under the age of 25 in the NBA? I'll give you my vote for who the best is next on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. All right, welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show here. Still trying to figure out which, because NBA has become probably the most difficult. With Major League Baseball, choosing a player, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wealth of riches. Like, okay, do you want the best guy, you know, the guy with the best walk-to-strikeout ratio? Do you want the best home run hitter? Do you need a switch hitter that can play multiple positions in the outfield? Do you want a pitcher? Do you want a, a reliever, a guy who can be your closer coming out of the bullpen for the next 14 years, a la Mariano Rivera. Not to compare anybody like that, because he's the greatest of all time without question, but you have a wealth of riches to choose from, and there's not a whole lot of drawbacks. You could choose eight guys and just be totally fine starting your franchise around those dudes. NBA is different, because if you're owner slash GM slash coach, you have different needs, right? As an owner, you want a a flashy player who's going to sell tickets, get fans excited about your team, get your, your product on television more often. You're going to want a John Morant, a Zion Williamson, right? You're going to want those guys that get you get you on TV, put, put butts in the seats because you are must-see uh, NBA action. However, if you're a general manager, you're looking for a guy who's going to be easy to negotiate with, uh, a player who uh, is going to attract other free agents and other top-flight players to come to your, to your team. And also, you're going to want a guy that – other players want to play with. So you're talking about guys like Darius Garland and Jason Tatum, uh, you, you know, guys like that. And, and you know, in Trey Young, that guys, you know, really want to kind of go and get involved with and get on the on the court with. And I don't know about – I honestly I, – I don't know anything about Trey and his uh, – like his, um, you know, attitude and towards negotiating and stuff like that. But I know – that Jason Tatum is a sweetheart to deal with, and that's what I've uh, that's what I've been told from from other people who 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 know the business well, and that Darius Garland is basically the same way, uh, in Cleveland. And as a coach, you need a lot of different things. You you know you're looking for a guy that fits your system. You get you need a guy that you can facilitate offense through, and you need a guy who's going to play defense for you if you're a coach that cares about it. Unless you're Paul Westhead, who's just like we want to try to score 180 every night. So. Yes, there are a lot of guys who check those boxes, but not all of them, right? 
like Luca, okay, a, a, a consistent triple double getter, doesn't play a lick of defense and often comes into camp out of shape. He's doughy. Like he's been criticized every single season in the NBA for coming in out of shape. It's taken him time to get in shape during the NBA season. And Luca, I mean, to, look honestly to his credit, he's at, at what twenty? What is he? Twenty four years old? Twenty three? Twenty four years old? He's already been a pro for like eight years of his life because he's been playing professional basketball since he was fifteen years old. So, like, it, 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 this is kind of old hat to him. He's not a he's not a a rookie, and he's not a you know he's young, but he's not an inexperienced player in the pro levels by any stretch. You got John Morant, obviously one of the you know, easier discussions to be had because he just he's a guy who can go he look he can go he can go off for forty in any given night, average twenty seven and a half this year, right? He's a guy obviously with great handles. He is incredibly flashy. Everybody wants to pay to to, to buy a ticket to watch John Morant in person. Everybody does. No there's there's not a single person who likes basketball that wouldn't pay fifty bucks on a ticket to go watch Jaw play live. It just wouldn't. But then you're thinking, like, okay, the Grizzlies went 20-2 and in games that he didn't play in this year. (laughs) And you're like, "Mm, okay, wait a second. Why are they so good without him? So you you got that stuck in the back of your head. So then you move on to a guy like Jason Tatum. You're like, okay, look, solid guy, does everything, not a great facilitator of the offense and not the most polished shooter. Okay, but he does a lot of things well, and he's certainly a phenomenal athlete, and and he does play good defense. He's a very good defensive player. However, you watch him in the postseason, and he folded like a lawn chair. He wasn't tough. Didn't have the toughness that you need out of a player. And granted, at 23, 24 years old, and just you know four seasons in the NBA, maybe you're thinking to yourself, okay, he'll he'll develop into that into that tough guy. Kobe wasn't the, you know, wasn't the Mamba when he got into when he got into the league. It took him some time to develop some toughness, develop that Mamba mentality, right? He didn't start off that way. Not to compare Jason Tatum to Kobe, but I'm just using him as an example. Kobe was soft and uh and 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 lacked a lot of the uh, mental toughness early on in his career. Certainly was able to transition that uh, and become one of the most mentally tough players in the history of the game. So there's a lot of guys to choose from here. Maybe you're looking for a guy who's super young that has shown a lot of flash and a lot of potential, a guy like like I'm talking about LaMelo Ball. LaMelo, 20 points, 7 rebounds, 8 assists this year. Not the best shooter, but he's streaky, okay? But he has, in you know, incredible range, obviously, um, it's. I think his his shooting was actually better than I anticipated it to be because you know you watch him in high school, uh, and you watch him just cherry pick right. His coach just allowed him to do whatever the hell he wanted, and he was just able to cherry pick and shoot a ton of threes, and that's that you know scored you know ninety three points a game. Zion Williamson, when he's healthy, is one of the most impactful players under the age of twenty five years old in the league. He is incredible in what he's able to do when he's actually healthy. But the dude has played in 85 games in three seasons. Another guy that continues to carry a little too much weight around 
that puts a lot of stress on his body, unnecessary stress, and if he wants to have a considerably successful and long NBA career, he's going to have to shed that weight. But I don't know if he can. He's just he's built different, right? Like he's we say oh, this guy's built different. He's legitimately built differently. Like Zion is built like a Mack truck. He he is he's built like a football player. He just happens to be really good at basketball. There are other guys, Shea Gilgis Alexander. I would be remiss if I left DeAndre Ayton off the list because at 23 years old, Dre is one of the top 10 centers in the league, right? I've come down to basically two different players, and they are on complete different ends of the spectrum here, okay? And a lot of people would push back on my choice, and and I'm going to go with a 1 and a 1A here. Okay, because my one has a stipulation. My one is Luca. You can't like you can't deny what he does offensively. He's a guy. Oh, he went twenty-eight, nine and nine this year, right? That's what he averaged. That's sick. Like, okay, and no, he's not the best three-point shooter. He went one for ten from three-point uh, from three-point land against the Suns twice. In that series, in a seven-game series, he went one for ten twice from beyond the arc. Okay, so there are plenty of times where he will get you in trouble with his poor shooting because he's not the best shooter in the league, not not anywhere near the best shooter in the league. But good lord, can the guy just play basketball? Like offensively, he is he's he's everything. He's the he's the Swiss Army knife. He he does it all. He's and he's not a soft rebounder. He's a guy that goes and gets the ball. He's, he's, I don't want to say he's overly aggressive, certainly, but he's also not the guy who gets nine rebounds a game because the ball just happens to land in his belly that many times. Like He's, he's a go-getter. He finds himself the basketball. He's like Mike D'Antoni used to tell me all the time, the ball finds energy. If you play with energy, the ball will find you. And Luca, although a lot of times looks like the Pillsbury Doughboy out there, doesn't seem like he's playing with a whole lot of energy. His energy will surprise you. Just like I say with Steph Curry, his strength surprises people. How strong he is on the basketball court. Luka is the same way. Plays with more energy than I think people give him credit for. However, his defense is so bad. <laughs> like as a head coach, I would be pulling my hair out. However, I think that like much like Jason Kidd did, you would be able to put four guys around him that are willing to play stalwart defense and go hide him somewhere where he's not going to give up 52 a game, right? So Luca is my one pick, my number one pick because of that. But if I'm looking, if I'm wearing all three hats, okay, and, and I know this guy isn't necessarily a guy who sells tickets right now, but he just turned 22, and you watch him in his, you know, in – in just his, what was he, uh, third season, just finished his third season in the NBA, I think the world of this guy, and I think that he is going to end up being one of the top players in the NBA maybe by the end of next year. I think Darius Garland, to me, is just a phenomenal talent. Darius Garland, last year, elevated himself to 20 points a game and eight assists, 20 and eight for the garbage Cleveland Cavaliers. They finished what, did they finish fifth? Fifth in the in the Eastern Conference? Fifth? Sixth in the Eastern Conference? Lost their best player? Season-ending injury? 
He's a 48% field goal shooter, 38% from beyond the arc. He got the nod to the All-Star game. And even though he, when he came into the league, he wasn't considered a defensive, uh, you know, a defensive player, a you know, defensive stopper. He has turned himself into a fantastic defensive player. I don't get a chance to watch a lot of Cleveland Cavaliers games. When I do, Darius Garland jumps off the screen to me. Like he, the way he plays, both offensively and defensively, he's aggressive on defense, and he's able to play with discipline. And again, he's not a great rebounder; he's small. But if you're going to start with a point guard, I think Darius Garland is the dude. And I know that his numbers aren't as good as some of the other guys under 25, but he's 22 years old, and he has gotten exponentially better every year in the league, specifically on the defensive side of the ball. And as a coach, that impresses me. And his assist numbers have gone way up, and he's also one of the more consistent shooters from beyond the arc. So Darius Garland would be my 1A to start after. And that's if – you know, if if the owner like the owner side of me is like Luca, Luca, Luca. The coach side of me is like Garland, Garland, Garland. So, and the uh, the GM part of it, I you know, I don't know, I don't know anything about Darius Garland personally. So I don't know if he's easy to deal with or if players want to play with him. He's not well known enough. I love his game. I can tell you that much. I do love his game. But if with a gun to my head, I would say Luca. He would be my pick. So. There you have it. That's if I if I were playing ultimate fantasy today, sitting here with you discussing the best players under the age of twenty five in each of the leagues and who I would start my franchise with, who I would build a franchise around. I would go Juan Soto, outfielder, of course, the Washington Nationals in Major League Baseball. I would go Austin Matthews in the NHL. That's the easiest easiest choice I've ever made. If I couldn't fudge the books with Joe Burrow who just turned 25, <laughs> then in the NFL, I would start with Tristan Wirfs, offensive tackle for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And in the NBA, I would begrudgingly go with Luka. Just because I'm an old fuddy-duddy and I like to play defense, and yes, I know, that's no fun in the NBA. You want to you see you know 125 to 121 games? I like them too. Those are fun. But as a coach... You have nightmares about some guard torching your best player over and over again, and you can't stop him. <laughs> like you just, you have nightmares about that kind of stuff. So I would take Luca because he is all of those things. But as a coach, I'd be like, dude, get your ass in shape and learn how to play some defense, and we're going to be fine. <laughs> I'd have to crack the whip. I don't know if Luca's listening to me though. So there, there's part of it. All right. We'll finish that up. We're going to take a timeout. Gosh, we're already up, already close, closing in on the uh, the nine o'clock hour here. Okay, we're going to take a timeout. When I return, I'll put a big bright red shiny bow on today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. That's next right here on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on fourteen ninety AM one zero four nine FM ESPN Tucson. Welcome back. Final segment today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show on this Thursday, June the 23rd. I'm going to pass along a little a little news here. I was going to do it tomorrow, but uh, some, you know, basically things things happen in uh, in, in life and you got to make uh, quick adjustments. 
And uh, although I, I will be on the air tomorrow for the Jeff Dean Show, it will be my final Jeff Dean Show. I will be stepping away from uh, from doing the morning show here on ESPN Tucson, a uh, show that we started doing before the uh, the the, uh, the the COVID outbreak had begun, and uh, you know we we've been doing it obviously here since uh, the return of everything going on at ESPN Radio and and uh, having a good time, and I have uh, you know enjoyed doing the show, and uh, just unfortunately. For me, right now in my life, and, and I'll, you know, I'll talk about this. I'll go into a little bit of in-depth on this tomorrow. Um, just have to make some changes right now. And uh, unfortunately for, uh, for me, the, uh, the radio show is, uh, is not available uh, in those changes. And uh, so I'm going to be stepping away from the, from the radio show. However, I will not be stepping away from the radio station. You will still have to put up with me and my voice on the radio station because I'll still be doing some stuff with Spears and Ali. I'll be doing uh, some weekly stuff with them. Uh, I'll still be doing my FanDuel commercials because FanDuel and I have struck up a a nice relationship and uh, enjoy doing that for them. So I'll still be around. You'll still be uh, hearing me, and I will still be doing my thing down at U of A for football and for basketball this season. I'm very much looking forward to it. But uh, at this uh, at this point in uh, in time in my life, will not no longer be able to uh, to host the radio show. And, and and the reason I'm doing this today and talking about this today, the day before I uh, I sign off tomorrow, is because Mary, my esteemed producer is going to be going back home to visit family. She's leaving tomorrow morning at 5 o'clock in the morning, and I will not be able to properly thank her on the air tomorrow uh, without her being here. So because uh, Mary has been a a huge part of this program, she's been here every single day, she has put up with my crap, she has made big-time adjustments on the fly, and she has uh, helped usher this program certainly onto the website with the, the daily updates. She has helped me write scripts for commercial reads and endorsement reads and things like that, and she has done phenomenal work on the fly when things have gone haywire. And I mean, like, things have literally gone haywire inside the studio where adjustments had to be made at 5.30 in the morning when nobody's awake, uh, and, uh, you know, we just had to kind of shift things around on the fly. And uh, and Mary was able to uh, to handle that stuff. She You're is uh, an absolute rock star. And uh, you know, it's, it, I didn't want to I didn't want to not say anything today with her still in studio, and then you know give you know my little spiel tomorrow when she's not there. So because she's going to be on vacation visiting family back in Nebraska, go Big Red. Um, so I wanted to uh, to give her a proper thanks because she she has earned it, man. Like she honestly like. Uh, uh, just the two of us here it it has been it has not been easy it is you know i've worked in radio for 24 years and this is the first time i've ever not been able to sit in the same room or even in the same building as my show producer and it has probably been more difficult on her than it has been on me but that's because she has made it easier on me than i've made it on her so Thanks to Mary for all her hard work on this radio show. And uh, you're going to be hearing great things from her, her in the future. I guarantee it because she is extremely talented at what she does. And uh, looking forward to uh, what she does in her future. And Hopefully her flight doesn't get canceled because every other flight is being canceled out there in America right now. So with that being said, we're going to sign off today. Tomorrow will be a, a final show for me. we got a great show planned for you tomorrow. We'll be talking some NBA draft, of course, where the Wildcats were taken. 
and NFL and everything else going on in the world of sports. It'll be just like normal. You guys have a great day. Join Spears and Ali today from 3 to 6, and I'll see you guys again tomorrow morning for a Football Friday right here on ESPN Tucson. Thanks for listening to The Jeff Dean Show, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Jeff will be back tomorrow morning at 7 on ESPN Tucson.